Welcome to the Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast. This is the podcast where four psychotherapists, three of us Canadian, one of us American, serve you cutting edge mental health knowledge. I am Dr. Ryan Howes, a clinical psychologist from Pasadena, California. And I'm Dr. Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from the greater Vancouver area in British Columbia. Ah. I really elongate that one. And I am Joanna Boyd, and I live in Port Moody, and I am a psychotherapist. Woo! Yeah. Uh, My name is Chris Boyd, clinical counselor from the Tri-City area. (laughs) So we we had one listener that we know. Sean. Sean. Yeah, hey, she, Sean. Was, she was a guest on our. Uh, oh yeah, hi Sean. I was to keep you, you know, confidential, but Chris blew that. So, um, but she was commenting on how we tend to introduce ourselves different ways yes. all the time, and she wasn't sure what the deal was with that. But we let her know it's just to keep things fresh, keep it mixed up. I, I usually say the same thing. It's you guys. You're like ch- swapping cities and stuff all the time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe even like professional designations. Yeah, terms. So she was like, what's the, the psychotherapist term? What is going on with that? And yeah, she had some good questions. Yeah. yeah. She pays attention. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. But I, I go back and forth because I work in one city and live in the other city, right? So ah. it kind of makes exactly. sense a little bit. Yeah. Totally. And then when you live in this area, the whole kind of like, so there's many names for where you could live geographically. Like yeah. there is your city proper if you're in Port Moody or Coquitlam or Burnaby, or yeah. you could live in the lower mainland, oh. which extends from like Vancouver all the way out, maybe to a, about an hour and a half drive out of the city um, or greater Vancouver area. So it's Vancouver yeah. and the surrounding areas. And it all just, it's all one. Oh, sure. But we have many names for where is that the same in your neighborhood, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a long time, someone, you know, if I met someone at a conference or something, oh, where are you from? Oh, L.A., right? And they say, oh, I'm familiar with L.A. Then I'll clarify. Oh, well, that's actually Pasadena. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I know Pasadena really well. Well, it's actually Sierra Madre, <laughs> right, which is a small town next to Pasadena. So, yeah, I know how that it's like. You want to give uh, the, the the right right amount of detail, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, start big and then hone it in. Hone it in a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Yes. Well, uh, what's going on, guys? Anything here in October? Anything happening? What's happening in the world of psychotherapy and mental health in Vancouver, Canada? Actually. I'm going to throw it back uh, your way because National Psychotherapy Day was uh, a little while ago. So we haven't had a podcast since. That's true. That's true. September 25th, National Psychotherapy Day. I think International or World Psychotherapy Day would probably be more appropriate at this point because it's everywhere. Um, But we were really thrilled this year because without prompting, Um, the Surgeon General of the United States, who is familiar to this team, Vivek Murthy, who was the guy who wrote the book together that we uh, reviewed and we did as our book club selection about a year ago, Vivek Murthy 
uh, sent out a tweet saying, happy National Psychotherapy Day. Uh, actually, I can read it for you right now. It's right here. He wrote, um, on National Psychotherapy Day, I want to celebrate those who provide this service and those who seek it out. Too many people can't access access therapy when they need it. Let's continue to work together to ensure everyone has the care they need. Oh, that is so cool. It's awesome. That's very cool. So cool. Surgeon General's giving a shout out to National Psychotherapy Day. Very cool. It's a big deal. Yeah. Big, big honor. Very nice. So yeah, that was that was the holiday. <laughs> Not much of a holiday, really. More of a awareness day um, a couple weeks ago. Kind of fun. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, we can't really match that, but we did have a yeah. uh, a work retreat up in Whistler with some colleagues, and uh, so six of us did presentations, and they were all fantastic. Then we got to go for dinner and, and connect a bit because, uh, of course, working as a therapist. Um, you don't really get to connect with your colleagues too often. So it was nice to unwind and debrief and catch up. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Um, I meant to tell you this before, but I, I presented once at that conference or twice, actually. Twice. Yeah. Twice, yeah. And one time I presented on the topic of termination, which is the kind of the ending phase of therapy. Um, and kind of how, how therapists can kind of manage that, navigate that with their clients, how, how clients can uh, be helped. I actually find that termination phase of therapy is one of the most important phases of therapy because you're having a good ending for once in life, right? Yeah. And I just found out that I'm going to be giving really that exact same presentation to my friend Tina Bryson's uh, practice, her group. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Tina Bryson, she's she works with Dan Siegel, uh, wrote a book called Whole, Whole Brain Child and No Drama Discipline and The Yes Brain, a whole bunch of books that she's she's put out. And she has a practice here in Pasadena called the Center for Connection. And they have a whole bunch of therapists there and they do like a you know, weekly kind of a uh, education group and uh, said, hey, a lot, of these, uh, a lot of our clinicians want to know a little bit more about termination. Can you come and talk about that? And I said, yes, it just so happens. I still have the PowerPoint from talking to you guys about it. <laughs> well, that'll great. be fun. Perfect. Awesome. Wow. Nice. Cool. Well, they're in for a real treat. <laughs> it's, I guess it's kind of nerdy when it's, you know, we're, we're psychotherapists getting excited about talking about termination. Yeah. It's such a... It seems like such a harsh term, though. Right? Termination. Oh, it is. Not like closure or like just ending or I'm trying to think of a, a nicer term, but yeah, I know. Right. Goodbye. 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 The goodbye. A nice goodbye. That's really what it is. A good goodbye or a graduation or a commencement or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. It's always fun to not have to develop a brand new talk. Uh, for something totally yeah. so now my brain's thinking about different words so now i gotta know what's worse termination or discharge oh discharge <laughs> <laughs> i don't like discharge <laughs> the termination is better well i'm just i was just thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah i was trying to think like oh you there's a discharge and i'm like no, I don't. I would rather have a termination than a discharge. Yeah, I think that's just very maybe. I don't know, Ryan. Are, uh, 
patients is kind of how you refer to it. But we refer clients. Yeah. We, like, we talk clients, not patients. I feel like patient or discharge would be more of like a medical hospital term or just. True. But, but actually, yeah, maybe we haven't talked about this. I actually say clients more than I say patients. Okay. Um, oh. um, and I, I want to find a, but I want to find a new term. I really do. What about completion? No, no, a new term, a new, not necessarily for oh. termination. I mean, <laughs> but, but for, for what a client, for the client and therapist, I want to find, I want to find new terms because I don't think, because clients, patient is, is, is a medical model sort of a term, yeah. right? It's like you are, you are ill and I'm applying a treatment to you. Right. And I don't think that's really a helpful model for psychotherapy. Most of the time client is more of like a consumer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a service or something being provided it's it's kind of seems wrapped in consumerism to me i think there's got to be another term a better term for for what the client is the client is in the therapy relationship but or how the, the two work together so if you have any ideas look us up on facebook or instagram and send us your ideas <laughs> do you guys have any other thoughts on on what we could call that I don't know. Now my brain's thinking about that. And right now I'm like participant, but that doesn't sound right. I still think, I still like client. It's not a customer. Patient seems too medical. Sure. I think it's the best of the bunch. A fair person? No. My old old friend, uh, Irvin Yalom, he talks about fellow travelers. Two of us are fellow travelers. Which is kind of nice, but... Mm -hmm. There's really no distinction at that point between who's the therapist and who's the client. Maybe we should generate our own word. Based Just make a word? Yeah. You know, sounds that we appreciate, you know. Sure. So it's not concophonous in any way. Um, sure. We could just make up our own word. Couldn't I we? Actually, I actually... Could. What's that? Like... Therapy people. Nice. Therapy people. pretty good. Yeah. I, I read I read a book called The Etymologicon, which is uh by a, a linguist, a guy who really studies words, etymology of words. His name is Mark Forsyth. Yeah, I read that several months ago. He just knows words, knows the origins of so many different words. It's a really fascinating read, actually, if you're kind of into that sort of thing. But I wrote to him. I've written to him like three or four times saying, can you please help me figure out a new word for client in psychotherapy? He's not going to talk to me. Uh, so if you know Mark Forsyth, please hit him up. and Maybe, maybe you stumped him. Maybe he has no idea. Maybe he has no idea. <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't want to get involved. He's like, oh, that therapy stuff. I don't know about that. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, we're getting far afield here. Mm-hmm. You gotta get back uh, to this the topic of today. Yeah, exactly. Termination. Oh, we're yeah. actually reading Joanna's mind right now. Keeping sessions on track. <laughs> there we go. New words well, for things. So Joanna gets to be the ambusher today. She knows the topic. The three of us don't. So Joe, when you're ready, let her rip. Out for the last 17 minutes, so there might be an essay coming your way. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. Or it's all what's the widget one? Yeah. The widget font? 
Yeah. Wingdings. Wingdings. It's all wingdings. Oh. Oh, oh boy. You have been writing a lot, Joe. <laughs> she did this on her laptop. It wasn't even on her phone. Okay. All right. Spotlight on the podcast crew. Uh-oh. Random uh, question time. This is good, Joe. We're thinking out of the box. Inside the box. Okay. Ryan is to start with anyone of his choosing and then then ask other podcasters for numbers between one and fifteen until we run out of time or questions. Okay. Don't so read we don't, don't know the questions. You're gonna after Ryan picks his, he'll be like, Brooke, pick a question or pick oh, a number. You sent all the questions? Yeah. Oh gotcha. He, there's gonna be a I thought it was just a numbers game. No. <laughs> Sorry. Joe has she has like are they introspective yeah. something about you there's something about us and there there's some that are a little more personal and some that are kind of fun so if there's a question you don't want to answer like I'm I'd be willing to answer all these so it's just a little bit okay. for the podcasters to learn a bit about us and a little but if there's anything one of us do not want to share then you can we can pass and that is okay so just kind of, we can see how many we go through. We don't need to spend a crazy amount of time on each one, but. Okay, so I'm to pick a number between one and how many are there? I think there's 15 questions. One and 15, so I'll pick a number between one and 15. Does Ryan already have this list? He does. Oh, I, I do, but I'm not gonna, I'm not looking at it. I'm just looking at the first part. She said, she even wrote it there. Don't look at the questions, all right? Um, I've I've been told that my, from numerology or somewhere that my lucky number is four. So I'm going to go with number four. Okay. Oh, sorry. You can, okay. I can oh, do it. Yeah. Sorry. You have them, Ryan. I was going to have you number four. Oh, wow. Okay. We're really starting out of the gates here. Have you ever seen a therapist or counselor before? And how is your experience in finding one? Well, I'm looking at three of them right now. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so this is just everyone answers. So you just yeah. pick the question. So everyone. Okay. Oh, so, so we're all you're... answering. Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah. We're all answering every question. We're just taking turns picking them. Fun game. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Hey, have you ever seen a therapist before? And then what? Like, how was your experience in finding one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I'll start off. This is, oh, Joe, good stuff. Okay. I went to a therapist. I went to a psychologist when I was a kid. I was 10 years old. So I didn't actually find this therapist myself. My dad found this therapist for me. I experienced a loss in the family. My mother passed away and he thought, yeah, it might be a good idea for my kid to talk to someone about that. Right. And so I went and had no idea what therapy was at that point. Um, really no clue. What, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, I was a fifth grader basically. And, uh, uh, she was just warm and, and kind and, just asked me a few questions and I could kind of draw on some paper and stuff. And she'd ask me how things are going at home. And it took me a while to kind of open up, I think, as a kid, because um, I really wasn't sure. Is this is this safe? Is this fair? What about, what's going to happen? She would talk to my dad at the end of the session sometimes if he was there. Um, and so I was like, oh, gosh, what's she going to tell him? You know, is she going to like tattle on me or something? <laughs> you know, But I was... Uh, I was, you know, it was a huge time of transition, of course, and grief. And so it was, it was a challenge. Uh, I'm really glad that I, I got to talk with her. I think I spoke with her for about six months or so. Probably could have, probably could have gone a lot longer. Mm. Um, I saw another therapist 
in high school, there was a, uh, like a support group. So it was a group therapy situation for all the kids who had lost a parent and, uh, the, like the student, uh, the, the, the counselors who were really more like advisors for our academic stuff, they kind of identified who, which kids had kind of lost a parent. There were about a dozen of us had a therapist come in from the outside and ran this group. It was kind of a special group at lunchtime. And we would sort of talk about our experiences. And it was, that wasn't was hard because there were some kids who had just lost a parent and they like hadn't talked about it before. And there was someone like me who had been like, been like seven years since I lost my parents. And so, and we didn't really know each other. It was, it was well-intended, but I don't know that it was the most beneficial group for, for that time for me. Um, but I'm glad I went and it was, it was certainly interesting. And by the way, all of this really piqued my interest in the practice of psychology. I was like, wow, this is kind of interesting. These people talk about, you know, important topics. Uh, when I went to graduate school, I had heard, you know, it's probably a good idea to get into therapy. So I did when I was like in my second or third year of graduate school. And I went twice a week for probably eight years and, uh, and once a week for another mm, 15 years. So, uh, and I still see the same therapist um, uh, pretty regularly. So uh, it's been great because that's, that's the kind of long-term deep work I, I like to do. Someone who understands me that, that well, uh, I feel like I want to be in some sort of therapy in one form or another, probably as long as I'm a therapist, just to make sure that I understand my stuff and that my stuff isn't kind of bleeding into my clients' lives and all of that. Uh, I also I have one more therapist that I saw, which was a, uh, a pre-engagement counseling that mm -hmm. I did with, uh, with my future wife um, at that time. I always felt like it would be more important to do therapy before you got engaged. I thought that for me, that felt like a better idea because you're, just, you're trying to figure out what fits and what doesn't. Is this going to be, are we going to be compatible or not? Uh, I'm not against premarital counseling, but I just, I've done a bunch of premarital counseling as a therapist. And I know that uh, sometimes, you know, once the engagement has happened and the, you know, the save the date cards are out and you're already making plans, if you discover something big and problematic in the relationship, it's, it's hard to change course or it's hard to, you know, rush and hurry up and work on these things sometimes. So I'm a big believer in kind of pre-engagement counseling. So long-winded answer for therapists I've seen wow. and uh, really pleased with three out of the four. That's so, great. Ah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Well, yeah, you like have time for one I question know. today. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> right. uh, I'll go next. Um, that was great. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I haven't been, I'm newer to going to a therapist. It's something I know I should have done a long time ago, especially to practice what I preach. Um, but it's a newer experience for me. Uh, and the experience in finding one was very intimidating. I think I empathize a lot with clients who come to see us because I'm like, how did you come like, you know, how was it me you chose and, and how that must, it's just a scary experience. So mm. I didn't, uh, I was open to, if I tried someone, it might take a few counselors to actually find someone I jive with, but I ended up just getting a recommendation from someone in our practice. Um, I kind of went that route, uh, someone vouched by someone else. And so 
that has been a recent experience. Um, and so far so good. So, so I'm going to stick with her and, and, um, it's only been two visits. So it's a newer experience for me going to therapy, but it's definitely something that I will keep going because a it's good practice and just, yeah, lots of personal stuff to kind of weave through. So I do see one. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Either of you two? Um, well, kind of, maybe not. So in my like early to mid twenties, I was working as a youth worker at a alternate school up in Surrey, and uh, um, there was a practicum student. She was uh, doing her master's in counseling psych, I think, or maybe a school counseling focus. And uh, so we ended up meeting up for lunch once, and I decided to put her counseling skills to to work. And felt a strong sense of comfort talking to her. And she talked about uh, lots of different things from certain patterns of my life that were probably working against me to maybe some relationship stuff as well. And uh, I, it was actually very helpful because she <laughs> provided some very objective feedback, um, maybe some stuff I needed to hear. So we actually met up another three or four times in more of an informal kind of way. But so I, I don't know if that counts as a, a true therapist client type of connection. Probably not, um, but definitely helpful though. Very nice. And now me. Yeah. Um, I, yes, I have. So also in grad school, like it's highly encouraged. And the program I did, it was actually mandatory as well, which is great. So it was mandatory to do, I don't know, 10 or 12 sessions, something like that um, for my doctorate program not my master's so this was I don't know maybe six years ago or so that I was there um but I stayed longer so I was there for I don't know just over a year mm -hmm. um and then how I found her so part of the requirement for my program because it's a doctoral program is it had to be a psychologist okay. so that took away any other option number one I wanted someone local uh, so I looked around um, and then a part that was important to me for whatever reason was finding someone or what stood out about this, the lady I did go to um, was that she has experience working counseling counselors mm -hmm. and she has provided supervision mm -hmm. um, to counselors. She didn't, we didn't go into a supervisory role at all. Like we kept it to counseling therapy mm -hmm. and, um, and she had experience like volunteering on a committee with the college. She was on the disciplinary committee oh, and nice. stuff like that. So she seemed very involved in the field and she had experience with my population of being a counselor. And in her bio, she also had experience with, some of the issues that I knew I was going to be bringing up. Obviously, you want to make sure that's in there yeah, as well. Totally. And so that worked out really well. And then I didn't see her for a while. And then we did a few sessions a few years ago. Um, so it's kind of like a in my back pocket counselor where I will, or therapist, psychologist. But I will definitely go see her if I need to. I have no issues. And I refer people to her often. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, team. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen counselors in your own practice. I, I've I've seen a bunch and I love it. I think it's great because there's always there's always I guess I, this could be a whole other podcast. But mm -hmm. when it, when a therapist goes to therapy, there's it's a different start at least because the therapist is like, okay, what what technique are you using or what theory are you using, and 
what are you thinking about me? And are you thinking that I'm, uh, you know, are, am I still okay to be a therapist? There's all sorts of different kind of different questions that get uh, kind of brought up when therapists are seeing their own therapist. Oh yeah. Yeah. And insecurities like, yeah. yeah do, are they going to think I'm not fit for this profession? Like you said, or yeah, um, whatever that might be. I, I found that I was also very like, okay, you let me know what else you want me. Where do you want me to go? Like, I could just tell you everything and keep talking for multiple sessions, or you can tell me what area you want me to go into. And then I will tell you everything about that area. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. Trying to assess what's going to be helpful for them, which is probably like a whole thing in itself that you could even talk about. Right. Sure. Sure. Or, I'll, or a therapist client will say, they'll say something and they're like, Oh gosh, you probably think I'm whatever diagnosis. Right. And I'm like, I often say to them, well, just you stay in your chair. I'll stay in mine. You know, <laughs> let me do that part. You do your part, right? Just talk. Take care of that. Anyway, great yeah. question, Joe. And that's yeah. the end of the podcast. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started off with a, a, doozy. a doozy. All right. Pick a number between one and 15. That isn't four. Who's going to pick a number? Sure. Go me? Yeah. I'm going to pick number 12. Good number. Okay. I was going to pick the number that I think you're going to pick, but then I thought I'd let you have it. So That's nice you can, so make this as short as long as you want. What environments do you find overwhelming and in which do you thrive? Oh, that's a good one. Um, and that has, that changes. I seem to think that I'm a highly sensitive extrovert. So environments get me. Uh, but I like environments. And so it's a real push pull. So um, as, like, I seem to embrace environments. If I'm tired, sometimes I just want like a cozy environment and I can like sink into it, put the fireplace on, read a book, whatever, like, and really it just feels nice. But I also know if I'm tired, if I go out to somewhere that there's people and music and sounds and lights, I have a great time and I feel great after. Mm. So uh, it's almost more as long as the environment itself is welcoming and fun and friendly, mm -hmm. then I work well in it. Um, so I think I'm kind of flexible that way, but I'm attuned to it. So if it's like at a club when I was younger, as soon as the drinking really was setting in in the crowd, it happened around 1230. I just knew it was 1230. And I was like, I got to go now because mm -hmm. the energy or like it became like a chaotic, destructive Kind of energy and i wanted out of that situation um yeah so not all situations are good for mm -hmm. stimulation but yeah i don't know if that really answers the question yeah. even last night i, I so. thought i was like i was just kind of off my energy was off i was kind of irritable we all met up last night and played some cards mm -hmm. and then i was like I'm, I'm being silly i should go and i did and i felt better after hmm. yeah wouldn't have gathered that yeah I almost didn't go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. Go. Yeah. So environments are important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who's next? Uh, yeah, I can go. Um, it's kind of weird because coming out of the whole COVID pandemic, when there's more people around, sometimes I feel the nervous system getting a little escalated there. That's me getting better though. But uh, 
you know, often if I sense um, negativity or chaos mm -hmm. of any kind, mm -hmm. things are going off the rails a bit. It's, it's a vibe that you kind of get. It's very visceral. Obviously, you don't feel too good about that. So mm -hmm. sometimes in large crowds, you can kind of pick up on that a bit. Um, sometimes with lots of young kids as well. There's always oh. an element of chaos there and noise. Yeah. I'm not used to that, perhaps. So my hat, you know, my teachers and preschool um, educators are my... Um, yeah, I'm impressed by their ability to handle those situations and just all those different types of behaviors. And so uh, I think those are two reasons where two areas where I notice maybe a bit of my anxiety and stress go up a bit. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's going to be pretty similar. I'm going to echo Chris a little bit. Um, it really depends on where I'm at. I think it that's pretty mm -hmm. obvious thing for everyone where you're at going into these places and a different day you can be down for a dance party and a lot of people on another day you might just not be so um yeah if there's any environments where there's i don't know again like chris said if there's any tension anything like that doesn't matter how big the group is that that's a hard place to be um a lot of noise a lot of sensory noise i think gets me sometimes uh, whether it's a lot of kids a lot of noise a lot of things happening and overwhelming in the sense that it's hard for me to have a one-to-one -one conversation with someone i'm very easily distracted so if I'm listening to you, but there's people walking behind you, or if there's other conversations going on, I'm more likely to listen to the conversations nearby. That's all it takes is so walking by behind them. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll look. Yeah, I will look. Or if there's music playing, like I was out with a friend last night. It's just us two at a brewery. But gosh, I was not a good listener. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm paying attention to everything else around you right now. Um, so it's just different. And it depends what you consider overwhelming, I guess. And it can change day to day. Um, so... Because I know one to one, it could be hard to listen to someone as well if I'm in a weird state. So, but yeah, I just think a little bit, a lot happening, the senses are kind of a bit overwhelmed. Um, that would probably be, yeah, cool. not the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. How about you, Ryan? I'd say, would say, I mean, I'm I'm comfortable being alone. I love, I like being alone. That's fine. But if we're talking about thriving, I'd say that a a social situation where I know pretty much everybody. I'm going to, I thrive in that. I love that. Like mm -hmm. uh, last weekend, uh, there was a, a social event and I knew everyone in the room, 50 people there. And it was like, I know these people. I felt great. I was like, happy place for mm -hmm. me. Interestingly, the opposite would be the, the place where I don't thrive or things that are challenging for me is if it's a social situation where I don't know hardly anybody or like they all know each other and I don't know I don't know them or I know only one or two people that gets a little more challenging for me. I feel pretty awkward, pretty self-conscious, that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to one this weekend where it's like a reception for a, a former coworker um, and a wedding reception for him I'm going to that. I know him. I'm not going to know anybody else there. And I know that's going to be a little awkward for me because I can go and say hi to him, but he's going to be busy. And I'll probably be there for a short while and have to do an Irish exit, get out of there. Mm. <laughs> or spend the time to get to know a lot of the people there. But I, I just, that feels a little awkward for me. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. That makes sense. Mm. Totally. Mm -hmm. yes. All, right, All right, for me, um, let's go with good old number 10. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to do. I was going to go 15. If oh, you, okay, this is a big one. Okay. If you could be any animal. What would you be and why? Oh, <laughs> animal. Yeah. <laughs> like Ryan, you look 
if people can see Ryan right now, he's just hands to his face, really. I, I used to always say it would be a giraffe because I have a long hairy neck, but <laughs> I think for me it's a bird, like a, an osprey Stop or taking my or face or an Stop eagle. It. You sound boring. Yeah, it or... seems very uh, incredible to me. The vantage point for you would be Joe. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'll come back to me the sparrow no <laughs> you know i'm i my go-to is a bird i think it, if i i'd like to switch that up at some point but i need to think about it for a while but i always just thought it'd be cool to fly and to have that experience of flying um and you're kind of out of the way of danger if you need to be you can kind of see the world get to different places um but i would want to be more eagle i feel like they're pretty high up in the bird you know Predator area, so they. Brooke. Brooke. Yeah, that's a real pickle. So I think um I don't really know. Like I yeah I wanted to give maybe at first I thought I don't know some sort of funny answer like a porcupine or something or porcupine uh, a dog a dog seems nice or but I'm I'm kind of a little bit stumped. I hadn't even thought about birds, but a bird would be lovely. Yeah. A peacock and have beautiful feathers. I, I don't. I don't know. Dogs oh, get more love, and you know, like human connection than anybody else. Yeah, that's why I think I'm naturally drawn to dog. I also love dogs. Yeah, that's um, a good one. I feel like it would be something that's pack like. I probably wouldn't be like a independent animal. That would be the downside to an eagle. Right, you're kind of flying solo a lot. True. I think I would want, I don't know, like a elephant when you're with a, a pack of elephants. Or mm. Maybe. Or like a crow would be good. Because you you always have oh, your buddy crows. Crows are great. They're smart and they're always in their murders. Yeah. So yeah. something like that, maybe. How but about a dolphin, get... Brooke? You get a dolphin, a pod of dolphins? Dolphin, that could be fun. Yeah, and swimming and get to see all the things under the sea, like the Titanic. It depends oh, where you hang out, though. My gosh, I know. <laughs> so, That's true. Bad rat sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if I can definitively say. Okay. I think you? that's pretty good. How about you, Ryan? You know, I might have chosen a bird too, but I'm gonna, I'll, I'll mix it up a little bit. I'm going with cheetah. Ooh. I like the super fast. You know, incredibly fast animal. You can run away from whatever you want to or try to catch anything. They are so blazingly fast. If you've seen a cheetah in slow motion, it's like a work of art. They're amazing. So that's what I'm going with. Cheetah. Final answer. All right. Final answer. Okay. Ryan, I'm going to have you pick a number for me because I kind of know the list. Okay. Um... Chris almost chose 15, so let's go with that. Oh, identify, sorry, I can't speak. Identify a strength of each of your fellow podcasters. Oh my gosh. Mm. Are you so gonna, kind. You're just going to name a strength for each person. Just one thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess that was asked on my behalf, so I guess I'll start. <laughs> um, Okay. I feel like we're all Okay. Um oh man. There's so many to choose from, right? 
I know. I'm trying to think of descriptors. (laughs) Or Um, she's blanking out. Oh, no, I'm not. Um, I think. Okay. I think for. Oh, my gosh. Your question, Joe. (laughs) I know, guys. I know. I feel like I'm overthinking this, though. Um, And I feel very hot right now. Okay, I think Ryan, I don't even, I can't pick one word. I think I've been trying to pick one word, so I won't do that. But I think Ryan, you have a really good ability to, I think it's seen in your, the work you do with interviewing people and writing. I think you have a really good way of asking really thoughtful, personal, genuinely curious questions. So like whether it's, how's your heart or, Hey, how would you see this thing? Like, I just think there's a gift of how you, there's a strength there of how you ask really curious, thoughtful questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that. I'll take that. Um, so, how do some for that? I don't, <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Let's say, I think he's, a strength of his is silliness. I really appreciate that in the small things. Um, I appreciate your, uh, I feel like you know what you like. I don't know what you call that. Like you're kind of in your conviction. Like you have some, you just come across really confident in some of the things that you believe or share. So confidence, I would say, is a strength. Thank you, Joanna. Okay, sorry, that was painful. That was but we're good. Okay, <laughs> on to the other people. Should we pick a new number? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Ooh, I'm sweating. <laughs> okay, if someone else is up. Uh I'll go. Okay. I'll go. Um let's see. Chris, I the word I'm choosing one word, okay? Chris, I'm going to say um, your uh, openness Mm. is something that I value a lot. I can I could say anything to you. I could tell you uh, something crazy. I could bring anything to you and you'll be like, okay, what what's that? You know, it's no lack of judgment is the other side of that. You know, you're you're not a judgmental, condemning sort of person. I, I know I could be whatever I wanted to be with you. Right. So that's valuable. I like that a lot. Brooke, you may be the best host. You you provide so much comfort and so much uh, uh, generosity in, in making me feel comfortable. Whenever I come visit you guys, you're like, here are all the meals. Here's what we're doing. It's just definitely, um, there's a real gift to just helping. I, I, there's, there's another word for that, but it's just a generosity of spirit to say, let me help make your time wonderful here. And Joe, I I don't know if you see this as a strength, but I do. You have got such authenticity with your with your emotions, such emotional authenticity. You know, you'll laugh until you cry. You'll cry when you cry. You'll you wear your heart on your sleeve in a just a beautiful way that I, I envy because I think I'm still, you know emotionally stunted in some ways so i see your you know lack of inhibition with emotion is uh really inspiring for me 
Thanks, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Off the cuff. My turn, I guess. Sure. Um, so I actually Googled to make sure it's a word for Ryan. I was like, am I using this word correctly? And it is, is it actually a word? Ingenuity? Uh. Your ingenuity. So the, like the creative, innovative piece of you. I think you always have really great ideas and then a uh. man of action on those ideas. Um, you're a guy, a man in motion there. That's a very Canadian saying, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that very much. It's cool. very um, empowering and motivating. So um and for chris i would immediately say your wit because it's ridiculous um yeah so i'm just gonna go with that because that's my favorite one and then for joanna i think your boldness in bringing up hard conversations or facing hard conversations or topics even if it's going to be uncomfortable like you have so much courage and it could be like a very, very difficult conversation and you will just be up for it. Or it could just be a comment or a question that's going to challenge someone, but in a comfortable way. Hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like we're doing a podcast or talking about something, you might have a question that goes against the grain and you're not afraid to bring it up or ask it. Um, yeah. So you're very courageous in having in addressing things. Yeah. All right, uh, for myself, I think for Joanna, definitely the kindness shines through, very big hearted. Um, I think for uh, for our guy over there, I think uh, creativity and persistence, um, the persistence kind of very dedicated kind of popped into my mind. I think for, yeah, for Brooke, very genuine and hardworking, uh, kind of popped up for me. Nice. And for myself. <laughs> yes. There's that wit. See, there it is. You silly goose. Well, nice. Really good. That's great. That's okay. good. All right, Ragai. How are we doing here for time? Uh, one more? Or is that it? Okay, we'll do one more. That's good. Seems like we've been going for a couple of hours here. <laughs> you can stop it. Yeah. Well, there's, I can always do another version of this another time. So we can end it there. Oh, let's go one more. We'll do lightning rounds. All right. Ooh. Persistence. I was just told I was persistent. We're going to persist. Okay. Um, it's October. It's a scary month. Another uh, one of the, the scariest number in our list would be 13. So I'm going to go for 13. Um, if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? And you can interpret that question however, however you want. want. Yeah. Like whether it's leisure or occupational or... I would want to be in the International Space Station for a day. Yeah. Weightless, looking down on the Earth, hanging out in the International Space Station. If I could do that for a day, that would be fantastic. I would love that. Where's my day? Uh, what's coming to mind right now is sitting all day, morning to night, cottage by like cottage by the sea. I think to have a nice morning there, uh, maybe a fire, have a sunset, just hanging out, relaxing. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so just hanging out for like this. Yeah, spend. That's what I do. So a different interpretation. Of that. A different interpretation. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, whether occupation, if you want to try something different for a day, yes. you want to be somewhere else in the world for a day, like yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one because at first my initial reaction was like being in nature, like just spending, but I think that's because that's what I feel like I need right now. Like uh, I need a nature day. I think that's how I answered my question. Yeah. Well. But then when Ryan came up with his, I was like, oh, I would totally go to the Titanic. Like, <laughs> oh, man. just go and figure out like, I don't know, somehow be one of the people that goes down in one of those little bubble machines and you get to go see it. And like, it would be a ridiculous amount of money. I would totally like, if I somehow could do that for a day, I would do that. Cool. Good, cool. Um, I always thought that being uh, going the sports psychology route, working with the sports team, like the maybe the Seattle Seahawks, would be kind of fun. Um, something random. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I feel different. like there's. Some... I don't think I could be able to do that anytime soon. So, there's a lot of different ways to answer that question. I think it's yeah, so many different thoughts. That's apparently, great. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. yeah, four very different answers. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks, everyone. Who's next? I think that's it. That was our lightning round. That was our lightning round. Okay. <laughs> it was so fast, Ryan. You're so agreeable. <laughs> so agreeable. Well, we have uh, 10 more questions if we ever want to go there. So you you just yeah. bought yourself your next, uh, your next um, podcast ambush, Joe. Nice job. Yep. <laughs> Well, that's that's great. Well, I learned a little bit about each of you. This is good. It was fun. That's a good good topic, Joe. I like this. Okay, so I guess let's sign off, right? Be done for now. Like us and subscribe on Apple, Google, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. Send us questions, really, uh, Facebook, maybe Instagram. And uh, that's it. We're just going to sign off for now. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Bye.